the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. And now, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I am your host, Paul George. I am a 30-year real estate agent who helps represent people who buy, sell, and build homes in the central Ohio area. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about how realtors kind of advocate for home ownership and tenants' rights, um, and we can do that by supporting legislation and candidates that have kind of similar positions. Uh, there's a little more to it, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, I want to kind of let people know what's going on and how our relationship is with uh, some of the local governments and how that affects housing around here. Um, and it's a big deal right now. As, uh, you guys know, I've been pounding on this the last, gosh, three months about our housing shortage here, kind of what we're doing about it and maybe what we can do to advocate for a little bit more of housing, whether it's uh, home ownership or even rental housing. That's it. So, hey, before we get into that, I want to indulge you a little bit and ask kind of a favor. Um, as a realtor, I've, especially a longtime realtor like me, the nice, one of the nice things about it is that I get people to ask me to recommend certain people for housing needs. You know, during the process, it's pretty easy. You know, I have a steady group of home inspectors, title people, uh, appraisers, you know, anybody that needs to do something during the transaction. But the fact that I've been doing this so long and people have been in their houses, uh, Believe it or not, they've, they've, they start trusting me a little bit with some people that I recommend. And what happens is, is that, um, they get to a point of, okay, we need to do some stuff to our house, whether it's painting, whether it's, uh, getting an air conditioning fixed or whether it's, they got an issue with their roof. I get people that will call me all the time and say, Hey, do you know a good somebody that can fix my fence or something like that? And candidly, I used to have a nice long list of people that were good to me, meaning that they know that I'm going to recommend somebody that's going to be a good client for them, or I'm going to recommend somebody um, as a client that is putting the trust they had in me, and I'm leveraging the trust I have in these vendors. And unfortunately, it seems like the bigger we get and the more we get, I cannot count on a lot of these people like I used to. Um, whether it's they got too big for their britches, that's, that happens to a lot of them. Because one time I may ask them, hey, I need this one wall painted. And the next time I may ask them, I need to have paint this whole house. And the way people set up their business sometimes is that, hey, we don't have time to do that. I need somebody that is can do the little jobs, the big jobs, the major jobs. Um, and it's not just housing. Um, I had somebody that came in from um, was it North Dakota, North Dakota, or South Dakota. They moved in here. They don't know anybody. They didn't know. Um, the, the first question they asked me is, where do I get my dog groomed? Um, you know, you can go on Yelp and you can go on Facebook and you can get recommendations from there. But a lot of times I'm their first point of contact and they ask me for recommendations when it comes to that. Unfortunately, I've lost that list and I am not comfortable with recommending people a lot of times because of one time they'll do a good job. The next time I don't have time for you. Um, you know, my own personal HVAC guy passed away about two years ago. Um, I still have not found anybody that come out. The first people that came out says, oh, I don't work on your type of uh, furnace. Or the other, I had to call. I had to go through the press one if you want this service, press two if you want this service, press three if you, if it's 
you know, after midnight, that, that type of thing. I, I need the go-to guy. I need that handyman that can come out and, you know, hang a ceiling fan for somebody. So what I am doing is I'm going to ask you guys, um, I'm taking a big chance here. I need you guys to email me at paul at pauljorgerealestate.com with your best landscaper, your best handyman, not just somebody that you call out of a book, somebody you've had relationships for a while that I can recommend confidently with somebody else to somebody else. You know, again, I've got such a track record of selling generations now of families. Um, I just came from somebody who is the third in the generation of somebody. That tells you how old I'm getting. Um, she's getting married. She and her fiance, wanted, they're building a house. And we did a walkthrough this morning. She's asking me for all kinds of people. You know, her parents live out of town. Um, she's asking me all, for all kinds of local people because they've never done it before. They not, never had to have somebody come and look at their furnace. You know, they've never owned before. Um, they're going to get to the point of they need a landscaper. They were asking me about uh, landscape lighting. Uh, is there a company for that? So if you guys can, and again, I will probably follow up with you because I want to make sure that this is a good fit. Um, we all know somebody. Uh, we're coming into a, a year. I had somebody this morning call me about that I sold a house to last year. They have they need an accountant because they said my taxes are usually pretty simple, but since we bought a house, they got complicated. Um Send me your best landscaper, Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Send me your best accountant. Send me your best, you know, uh, whatever vendor you use. And the one thing I will promise you is I will not become a Angie's List type person. I will not solicit them for advertisements. I won't solicit them for free work on my house or I won't solicit them for certain things like that. So anyway, if you could, and again, I'm going to reiterate this a few times in the next uh few episodes, few shows, your best vendors, Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Uh, you can always call me at uh, area code 614-570-2853. Text me who you have in your contact list and just say that, hey, this guy, I trust him. He's good. Um, don't do it because your kid's just starting a landscaping company. I need somebody with a track record. So I pound on that because I get frustrated. Uh, like I said, I've had people that I've referred business to for the years and all of a sudden they're too busy for me or the job's not big enough for them. So if you could, please keep that in mind uh, when you do recommend somebody. So before we get to our guest, I just want to remind you guys that uh, after this show is over, it turns into a podcast. If you go to your iTunes, Spotify, uh, anything where... Uh, you get podcasts, look up the Paul George Real Estate Show. And we're into, gosh, we got more than 20, 25 episodes now. So there's all kinds of subject matter up and coming, whether it's on uh, roofs, whether it's on housing in Columbus, whether it's on, there's a lot of different things that somebody might be interested in. So after the break, we'll be right back. And I'm going to introduce uh, my guest, and he's going to kind of tell us what's going on in Columbus. We'll be right back. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I'm your guest. Your guest? <laughs> I'm, I'm your host, Paul George. Um, along with those questions, again, 
send me your recommendations for your best vendors that you have. Um, today, I am going to talk to somebody within my industry, within our local group, the Columbus Realtors, who is our, well, I'm not even going to try to describe what he does, but my guest today is Vincent Coleman. He is with the Columbus Realtors, and his role is to be a liaison between realtors and government officials. Uh, I have no idea how to give you a proper job description. So, Vincent, welcome, and uh, introduce yourself and kind of explain what the heck you do. Sure. Well, Paul, thanks for having me on the show this morning. Uh, it's good to be here. Again, Vincent Coleman, Government Affairs Director with Columbus Realtors, um, hopped on the job or May of last year. Um, in fact, uh, in typical, I guess, new hire fashion, um, on my fifth day, I was in, on a plane to D.C., <laughs> Uh, for our mid-year uh, legislative meeting. So uh, got hit the ground running and kind of uh, dove right into it. Um, but at its core, um, you know, my day-to-day, like you said, is being a liaison between realtors and working with local governments, uh, local officials. Um, it, so it's well beyond just engagement with politicians. What you, you mentioned that you hit the ground running really quick. Um, you didn't just come from high school or you didn't come from college. <laughs> What was your background? Well, yeah. so, um, before I came, there? I was a senior policy advisor in the Ohio House of Representatives. Um, so I did that for quite some time and, in fact, got my start in politics as a legislative fellow uh, with the Legislative Service Commission. So um, a 13-month program that really uh, introduces you to state government and everything that uh, it incorporates. Um, spent some time as a legislative aide, uh, went on the campaign side for a statewide uh, candidate. Uh, so saw parts of the state that I never thought I would See, in fact, I saw zebra in, in uh, the wilds up there and I think moved up to eastern Ohio. I, I was Smooth. wild, that, wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, politics through and through. Um, and, you know, I think all the uh, background that I, I bring to the table has definitely helped um, in, in bridging some relationships. You, you, you advocate for us realtors and there's, gosh, 10,000 of us or so. But tell me why that's important to a home buyer. Why is it important to consumers? Why is it important to a renter? Tell us why that is. Sure. And as, um, you know, real estate professionals, I mean, you are walking folks through the largest, whether commercial residential, uh, purchase for a client. Um, so you do that, uh, you know, operating under a, a certain code of ethics and professionalism. And so, um, to, uh, for the consumer side, it's important that you all are equipped with the tools and, and things like that. Um, and, policy side, uh, so the po- policies, um, really ensuring that um, you all are protected. Uh, so you all work really, really hard. My job is to ensure that um, there aren't any egregious policies, um, such as short-term rental uh, restrictions, regulations, um, r- uh, rental registries, things of that nature. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. But, um, you know, to keep you all working and moving the economy and moving uh, folks through uh, uh, the purchase and Selling of a home is uh, important. And, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn or toot our industry's own horn, but we're responsible for, gosh, I think it's 17, 18% of the economy yep. with how it drips down and things like that. So I think that's why it's important to, um, as it's been said, we need to be at the table. Absolutely. When I say be at the table, tell me what that your interpretation of being at the table means. Well, so if you're not at the table, you're on the menu, right? Yeah. And so um, that's part of my job, making sure that we are part of conversations, especially as it pertains to um, the real estate profession. Um, so having a seat at the table, being heard, right? Um, that's the most important part, sharing our story. And so um, when I mention uh, government affairs, it's building relationships, uh, maintaining relationships, bridging gaps that um, need to be bridged. Uh, but ultimately making sure that the realtor story is is present in places where they need to be. A lot of people might think because of we are part of, there's three different entities, I guess. There's the National Association of Realtors, there's the Ohio Association, and then there's the Columbus. Yep. We're down at the grassroots of Columbus, but I think a lot of people might see the national side of it do they mandate what we are trying to do or does it come from inside out or does it come from both? How's that work? So, I mean, as the national group, um, they do kind of set the stage in terms of policies and, and stances on those policies. Um, we are in total control of what we do locally. Um, 
what works in Columbus might not work in Cincinnati. So it's very, very local uh, for our engagement. Um, statewide for Ohio Realtors, kind of taking a charge from NAR, National Association of Realtors. Um, but we really are, on, like you said, grassroots level, um, day-to-day, right? Pol- all, they say all politics is local, but in local government is incredibly important. And oftentimes folks just think of Congress um, or the state house, but ultimately it's your township trustee uh, that's doing zoning. In fact, Ohio being one of eight states uh, that have township trustees undergo zoning code uh, updates and enforcement. So um, it's very, very important. From where you're coming from, and I know where my side is, but uh, and I'm, because you get it from everybody, you get it from our whole industry or whole, whole local industry. What do you think is the biggest challenge we have in Columbus right now? Well, Paul, inventory is incredibly low, right? We are not building as much as we should. Um, in fact, MORPC, uh, Middle Ohio Regional Planning Commission, estimates that by 2050, uh, the region will have grown by a million more people. Um, another stat here that's daunting, but uh, here in central Ohio, we're growing uh, about 80 people per day. It's either folks coming in or births happening. So um, it, it's it's we are well put, uh, positioned and un- uniquely positioned excuse me, position um, uh, for upcoming growth and, and development. Um, and, you know, I think I mentioned this morning, I just uh, listened to a presentation from One Columbus, and yep. they are going through all the projects that are going on here. We all know about Intel. Um, we all know about the Honda EV plant. But we, he was going into a little bit more of the um, supportive things that come from that. And he said it's not necessarily – just like, you know, the electricians need to come in to build mm-hmm. the buildings. It's the hairdressers that are going to support the people that are coming to work there. Yep. You know, I talked about the vendors earlier in the program. Those vendors, their customers are people that are going to be working for these places. They need a place to live. Yep. And that's one of our challenges right now. And how do you see that as a challenge? You know, we know what it is. Government officials know what it is. How do we communicate with each other as to, and then ultimately get to the public and say, hey, we have a need here, because I'm going to go into a situation that, you know, you talked about township trustees, um, but what do you think we can do with that situ- that dynamic that's coming? <laughs> right. Um, education, 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 yeah. um, and trying to debunk these fear-mongering uh, s- tactics and statements because um, when you hear growth development, that's pretty daunting. Like I said, you know, we're um, about ten to 12,000 units uh, less than we should be building. Um, and just really having folks understand this is not bad. You know, what they say, a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. Um, when done in a, a smart and responsible manner, growth and development are great things. And well, so it's really just trying to get that in front of folks and, and again, debunking some of these um, nimbyism. Yeah. Uh, which is there's that word there's again. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word or not, but I want to go through a situation I had. Gosh, I don't know how many years now. It's been three, four years, I guess. I live in Genoa Township. Mm-hmm. Genoa Township is done by the trustees, and there was a situation when a developer wanted to go in and put in a development, and word had gotten around. And once that starts on wildfire, hey, they want to put all these, you know, low income housing, or they're going to put a strain on our education system or there we're not going to have enough water you know and when i went to that meeting it was fire and brimstone from the people that came in there were people that were wearing like red shirts and there was the developer in his coat and tie and he had his attorney in his coat and tie and they had their easels up there and they didn't want to hear anything of it and when you see a guy in a farmer in suspenders over there saying that, hey, this land has been in my family for a zillion years and I don't want to sell it to anybody. Then you see the other people saying that, you know, our schools can't handle what the influx is going to be. And then you see the other ones that say that, you know, I understand we need it. I just don't want it here. Mm-hmm. You talked about education. How do we turn that corner and how do we get government officials who are listening to their clients, basically? And then they have that. They want it, but they don't want it beside them. (laughs) Yes, you're exactly right. Um, Look at Bridge Park. Um, You know, the whole 
uh, debate around that was, well, this large development's coming in. It's going to take away from our small town feel. Uh, the downtown Dublin area is just going to be filled with transients and uh, renters and things of that nature. But you actually go there. It's packed. The mixed-use development, commercial on the bottom, um, residential on the top, uh, it works. And folks are really looking to that as a model to kind of replic- replicate in their own area. So like your Hilliards, your Worthing- uh, Worthington Powell, um, folks that are seeing, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Um, why can't we have our own little pocket? And I think that, you know, part of the challenge, um, as you, you know, opened up with, folks just, you know, it's, it's try to share that story and, and try to understand uh, where folks are coming from. Um, meeting, meeting them where they are uh, is important. So town halls and things of that nature, because some folks don't want to go to the, the uh, city hall. Or, um, but um, I think we'll get there, and I think we can have a healthy kind of balance of something for everybody, right? So your subdivisions, your, you know, maybe million-dollar house or what have you, uh, mixed-use development, um, and, and, of course, green space. That's important. Uh, folks want to live in, in walkable cities, and so that's ultimately what – uh, we are we advocate for one of the sections I'll be doing in future episodes is I will have the people from Grove City, I'll have the people from Hilliard, I'll have the people from Whitehall. Mm-hmm. If people aren't from there, they need to go and see the dynamic of what they're doing in their downtown. You talked about walkable communities, Bridge Park. Mm-hmm. You know that is now destination spot. Oh, uh, over the summer, Hilliard. You know they have a. Uh, I think we were at the Crooked Can. Crooked which is Can, the, yeah. yeah. But there was a concert going on out mm-hmm. there. People were going down there, and people are saying, okay, we're coming here. And I'm like, okay, now we need some actual housing down here that people can walk to. And when you go, you know, I went on a listing appointment on 5th Street, which is short north area. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe how many apartments and condos are building down there. And you look at that and we're saying, that's not going to be enough. That's not even close. Columbus is doing a really good job of addressing now. It's taking time to turn the the tide a little bit. And it's one of those things where it's going to take some time, but I I honestly don't think people understand what's coming here. When you talk about 80 people a day, that's 80 bedrooms a day, whether it's rentals, whether it's housing. And people say, yeah, that's fine as long as it's in the city of Columbus. (laughs) It's got to happen where people are going to be working. Right. You know, you know, you guys may, may not want to hear it, but we are going to become, we're going to be filling in all that green space that you're seeing between here and Newark, mm-hmm. between here and Marion, between here and Obets, you know, all those farms, people got to live somewhere. Right. Yes. We'll have green space, but we just have to plan it out a little bit better and get used to it. It's not a bad thing. Right. Um, you, you know, I want to go in some specifics about you talked about that we are at the table with candidates. We're at the table with legislation. We're going to talk about some specific things in a little bit about uh, some specific specific things that have been done. But how do you get to a candidate and say that you are right for us? We want you to advocate for this. Do you interview them? Do they interview us? How does that work? Yeah, so um, a mix of both. Uh, but when, it, when we talk about our political action committee side, so CORPAC, um, that's the, the governing board would um, kind of screen those candidates. And it's a um, through a questionnaire. So I yeah. submit a questionnaire, get a profile, here's some questions. Um, the CORPAC governing board then combs through that uh, and tries to you know, ext- extract some things and uh, have the candidate come in. Um, and so that's really, really where it goes down. They come, uh, candidates come into, uh, Columbus Realtors boardroom and there's what, 25 people there ready to uh, just, and it's, it's more, yeah, uh, it's really, you know, it's, um, kind of informal, although it's can be a little daunting as a candidate coming in and you see 20 people around a boardroom. Um, but it is ultimately a conversation. Hey, you said this in your questionnaire or, you know, what are the issues and, and really try, try to pick out, um, you know, how hard, well, well, uh, they'll do, excuse me, um, in office. And so ultimately, um, that process, we, d- we had five days, uh, each were about four or five hours each oh boy. of candidate interviews. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, that, yeah, they, that governing board hats off to, to the folks that are on that uh, committee, um, and really putting the time together to, to, uh, support and identify realtor party champions. 
I am again, uh, again, I'm Paul George with uh, Keller Williams Greater Columbus Real Real Estate. I'm here with Vincent Coleman. He's the government affairs director with uh, Columbus Realtors. We are talking about uh, some of the challenges that we have here in Columbus and uh, what we're doing to try to leverage our group to some of the political people that can use their influence as well to kind of educate people as to what's coming and what needs to be done in a smart way to do it. We're always trying to get input from the community. Um, sometimes it's a mob mentality until you start educating people. And that's what we're trying to do is claw away a little bit about that. Cause as realtors, we got to play it both ways. Yeah. I live in the neighborhood where people don't want it, but I'm also a capitalist <laughs> and I want people to do well but I don't want to think that all these developers, all these people that are trying to make a difference, I don't want them to say that they're the bad guys yeah. because they're not. Yeah. They're trying to fulfill a need. Hopefully there's a profit in there for them because if not, there's not going to be an incentive. Right. So we're getting close to the break. And when we come back, we're going to go into some of those. Um, I'm going to ask Vince a little bit of Vincent. <laughs> I, I, you know, there was a baseball player, Vince Coleman, that yeah. I always remember that. That's why I'm going to keep calling you Vince here. Played with the, the Cardinals, right? <laughs> yeah, very good. Yep. He was, uh, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Vincent a little more and a little bit more about government. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Paul George, and I'm here today with Vincent Coleman. He's the Government Affairs Director for Columbus Realtors. He is kind of our liaison between our association and the political side of uh, what's going on in the city. Um, again, he advocates not only for us, but he advocates more for home ownership and what needs to be done to uh, address our housing shortage. So, Hey, before we get into that uh, topic, I do want to learn a little bit about you. Um, I didn't tell him about this, <laughs> but uh, since you are so, kind of new to us, and I know you're not new to the area, tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what part of town you live in, what you like to do, a couple things like that. Sure. Um, so I'm in the Dublin uh, part of town, this uh, Columbus off of 161 in Sawmill. Um, so where the old Andersons used to be, ah. um, and a stone's throw from Bridge Park. So that's, you can find there me there, um, at the North Market. Um, I think it's the Colo, the, uh, seafood spot. You really like good that, oysters. Huh? Uh, so that's where you Sheesh. can find me. <laughs> um, you know, I do have a dog, just turned three in December. Um, and I'll tell you what, the winter months are the toughest because he wants to go out and play. It's a short here. He was uh. born in December. So I think he's just very used to the cold weather. Um, and so we were out and about, uh, right, you know, riding a bike, uh, going to the park, doing some training. Um, he, he's definitely a, a, a busy bee. <laughs> Keeps me busy. What do you like to do for fun? What do you do for, you said you work out a little bit. What else do you do? I know you don't just do government stuff <laughs> no, all the time. No. Uh, so in my free time, sure. I'm kind of a semi-retired soccer coach. Um, and I play, um, so youth soccer, I coach for Olentangy United, now Club Ohio North. They did a merger with that. Um, so that, that, uh, I've done that for the past 12 years. Boys, um, girls, both? Yeah, boys, youth. Boys. Um, okay. so started out at the, uh, eight year olds and moved up to high school age. Um, <laughs> and just what a year ago, I was like, you know, I want to go down to the younger kids again. Oh, good. Well, doing a jump from high schoolers to eighth grade or eight year olds is a huge jump. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, uh, tested by patients, but it's a fun group and, um, good kids, good kids. And, you know, ultimately, um, I was privi privileged, uh, growing up and receiving good coaches, um, and, you know, wanted to give back in that regard. So handing it down, that's, handing it down. that's what you do. Yeah. Hey, one question I ask everybody who comes on the show, um, just to kind of give a little bit of insight and it has them thinking a little bit. If there was one talent you could instantly learn, Anything that you didn't have to train for, you just said, okay, I can do this. What would that be? I mean, as a cop out to say mind reading. Uh, <laughs> not the first to say that. Most people go the music at, 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 at way of it. Uh, 
Oh, I wish I could play the piano. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, just walk up and start playing just the start piano. Play it, yeah. yeah. I'd like to be able to do that too. Go to a bar, go somewhere and just yeah. start playing and have people hang around a little bit. So I've always been fascinated. I, I took lessons as a kid, just never kept going. Yeah. Um, and I kind of look back and wish I would have yeah, that's done it. Get to be my age. Yeah. Right. Well, producers in there saying the same thing. He's pointing to himself over there too. So. Hey, uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. You know, you had mentioned you are, sometimes we will interview candidates. We also, uh, I'm sure we go through and do our due diligence on issues because mm-hmm. there's always issues that come up. But one of the things that impressed me when I found out about this is that when you hear political action committees, when you hear, okay, who do we want to support? Um, tell us about how... You know, we go about that. My first thought is, okay, we're all Republican. We're all Democrat. We're all, tell us a little bit about that breakup and how that works, if if that's a thing or sure, not. Sure, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, as I mentioned, the Central Ohio Realtor Political Action Committee, or CORPAC, um, does the uh, candidates' um, identification issues and things of that nature. Um, it's nonpartisan. We don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I mean, Democrats could be terrible on the issues and Republicans better. It doesn't matter. It's ultimately identifying and supporting candidates who support um, our issues. And so, as I mentioned, we um, kind of focus in some areas. Uh, so this past go around, we um, you know got caught wind from some of our folks in, in Worthington uh, uh, about some candidates that really could use our, our support. Um, the Dublin area, or excuse me, Gehanna, um, supporting the mayor and her uh, reelection. Um, and as I mentioned, the questionnaire is sent out to everybody. Um, we, we are fair in that regard and, and truly, uh, read through it. Um, through our bylaws, the in-person interview is not required, but it's highly encouraged. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where we engage. Um, and typically, um, we support incumbents, right? Folks that are running for reelection. Um, they win. More often than not, um, <laughs> there was a an incumbent that lost city council in Marysville to a write-in candidate, oh, um, but that is that's that's kind of rare. Who do uh, we support? Uh, so we stayed we, we stayed out of the Marysville okay. races. Um, so we don't just take any. We don't pick one side or the other. We pick more for. Do you support the issues that are important to us? Exactly. It's always that. It's never something other than that. And that's what I want to make sure that people understand is that it's all about housing. Yep. It's all about what's best for the community when it comes to housing. Exactly. It has nothing to do with any other issues, police, fire, anything like that. How about, you know, somebody asked me about this and I've never seen a support or deny. Um, and I can see why, but maybe you can say school levies. Mm-hmm. We don't seem to get involved in school levies. Is there a reason for that? Or do you even have, has that even come up yet since you're new? No, it, it definitely has. Um, all in hand, you will see a, a levy. Um, we didn't weigh in with, uh, Columbus. Um, they had their levy on the ballot this past November. Um, we are engaged in Marysville on a, a levy, um, and, you know, assisting folks out there. Uh, so it's, it's situational, um, and whether or not we want to weigh in or not. Um, that's a, a, a decision made by Corpac and does it make sense for us or, you know, things like that. Um, a few years before my time, we engaged, um, Columbus uh, City School Board, um, to shake some things up because it, the way it was going, it just wasn't good uh, for anybody. Can you go through a few of the specific things that maybe we have advocated for that people may not know that, hey, we kind of helped this along a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know as I've got some friends who are investors and we did some things that kind of brought some things to light that didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some specifics, not necessarily those, but sure. some of the things that we've advocated for that people actually tangibly can understand. Sure. So in Dublin of, uh, in Dublin, uh, two years ago, um, their council, um, had an ordinance that would have restricted signage, um, the size of signage and the amount of time it could be left up. Um, as you'd imagine, our commercial folks are, uh, all about the signage. So we engaged council kind of on, and, and these are signs for sale or sign for, for lease, exactly. not signs on the side of the building or anything like that. No, you're right. So, okay. For sale signs. Um, and so the uh, council had reduced the, the, um, required size. And so our folks caught wind of it. Um, and one thing that it was behind the scenes, there wasn't much public, uh, publicity about it. And it was 
you know, combing through council, the relationships that we uh, built, um, behind the scenes advocacy. Um, there, so, you know, we have these large, um, headliners, but the important part of, of it is what you don't hear about. And then, um, uh, we're engaged club of city council. They, uh, last March released their 12 point plan for affordable housing. And so very early on and, and, almost month one of coming on the job, there's uh, a pay to stay uh, and third party payment going through council. Um, There's some, you know, we, what's that mean? I'm not familiar with that. Pay to stay. uh, um, It's council's uh, way of trying to protect tenants from evictions. I mean, Franklin County since the pandemic saw upwards of 11,000 evictions, um, which is a lot. And so through pay to stay, let's say uh, you receive a, a notice and you have your, Eviction hearing on the 20th of the month. Well, through the pay to stay, it allows the tenant um, more time up into that hearing date to make their rent in full. Um, where we weighed in on it was there is a cap uh, on the allowable um, late fees that a, a landlord could could uh, charge the tenant. And then there is no like no uh, uh, restriction or no limit uh, to how many times someone could use this pay to stay. Um, so as it is now, you know, a tenant could be late on all 12 months oh. <laughs> and, 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 uh, not face eviction. And so we engaged and just wanted to level the playing field between landlords and property owners. Um, and understanding that tenants have a lot of protections. Um, landlords are not, as you mentioned earlier, not, you know, these bad people that are making millions of dollars, right? Yeah. They are housing providers are providing housing in a, in a, a time where we have a crisis. Um, and so ultimately, uh, like I said, leveling, le- le- excuse me, leveling the playing field, uh, for landlords and giving them that resource is, is just as important. I can't tell you how many stories of landlords that I know are, you know, when people hear landlords, they think of somebody's got multiple properties and things like that. More often than not, most of the landlords I know are long-term owners. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when I see them, they all complain about how the rents that, they're getting now they keep their rents the same as what they were because they've got the same person living there oh, yeah. for 20 years yep. and they don't want to raise the rents there's more of that going on than what people think and i think that's one of the things that gets downplayed a little bit too much because of you only hear about the corporate people coming mm-hmm. in hey you know rents are probably the biggest factor in inflation right now yeah that's on those big complexes but you and i see you know, people who own two, three, four properties, maybe. And like I said, I just came across one, you know, I volunteer at hospice and I actually walk a dog for a lady. And one of the owners was actually somebody we knew. Mm. And she told me what her rent was. And I go, how much? (laughs) He says, he just, you know, I've been here for 22 years and he just doesn't have the heart to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that. It's like, you know, he's got it paid off and things. He's getting a good return on his money, but it's not always about the money. Right. And I don't think people understand that when they, you know, look at us and say, hey, you guys are just these greedy landlords and that type of thing. So, hey, I just want to remind you again, um, this is Paul George, and I am with the Paul George Real Estate Group. If you guys need anything that has to do with housing, whether it's to sell a house, to buy a house, whether you want to start getting into investing, give me a holler here. I'm here with Vincent Coleman, and he is the government affairs director for the Columbus Realtors. And we're kind of going through some of the challenges and some of the situations that have come up. Um, one of the things I wanted to touch on a little bit is that you had kind of calmly mentioned that we have a seat at the table. I know that the city of Columbus is addressing this through zoning issues, mm-hmm. through um, some sort of um, what am I trying to say? Uh, incentives for people to convert things and things like that. What are some of the things that you know about that we might have some influence on what they're trying to do? Sure. Um, yeah, Columbus undergoing a zoning code update uh, first time in seventy years. Um, so it's it's a critical time um, when we talk about creative ways uh, to in- want to increase inventory and meet the demand that we're, we're going to see. Um, so things like ADUs, accessory dwelling units, um, uh, are co- becoming a, a part of the conversation. Um, Explain what that is. So uh, ADU is, uh, let's just say you have a, uh, 
A double? A double, sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not a part of the actual house. So like a garage, let's say. And if you want to turn that over over into a, an apartment. Um, so that's what an ADU is. Uh, property owners, therefore, become landlords, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still becoming a... Um, still trying to hash what, what that looks like. Um, but Emmanuel Remy Councilman is uh, leading the charge and trying to get that introduced. Um, he's working a, with, but he's a future guest, by the way. Oh, is so he really? He's okay. Be able Very to explain good. To get on here. Very good. Um, so it's, it's things like that, uh, working to infill vacant lots and things of that nature. Again, identify creative ways because not everyone, um, wants to, you know, have a, apartments aren't bad and yeah. that might be manageable for some of it just coming in out of college. Um, cause, you know, average price in central Ohio is almost $300,000, uh, for a first time. Uh, yeah. that's vastly different than what it was a decade ago. Uh, vastly different. And like I said, we talked about rent inflation, but we know what's going on with housing inflation as well, too. Um, just to give you an example, this weekend, um, house in Westerville, $350,000, four bedroom, three, excuse me, three bedroom, one and a half bath, two story was listed at 350. And there were 73 showings in two days. Wow. And when you think things are slowing down and being flat, I know it's going, it's listed at 349,000. I know for a fact it's going to be selling for over 400,000. Mm-hmm. What is a first time home buyer supposed to do? Um, one of the things that we do, and we're going to talk about a little bit after the break is what we have advocated for to get people into home ownership. Yep. Um, and some of the things, again, we have our own committees, but we also have influence on lenders. We have influence on, uh, people that can help with down payment assistance. You know, there's the Ohio Housing Authority that we know about, but that's for Ohio. But we have some influence here on how that works and some of the parameters that they're loosening up. Uh, the city of Columbus is doing a great job. Uh, again, as much as I hate the politics of the city of Columbus, they are addressing this full force. Oh, they yeah. know what an issue it is. Um, there's situations where they are trying to understand that what people want, but what we have available is one of the things we have available in the city of Columbus as compared to, like I say, Genoa Township mm-hmm. is they can go up, yeah. meaning that they can do stories. But they also understand if there's neighbors behind them, uh, they don't necessarily want to block those up. But right. there's corridors that we can do it. Exactly. One of the corridors they talked about was Bethel Road, 161, mm-hmm. Sawmill Road, uh, because there's not necessarily a whole lot of housing. When we come back, though, I want to talk about... Uh, some of the things available that we have helped for first-time home buyers, um, just different things like that, and some of the things that the city of Columbus has been doing. So, uh, when we come back uh, again, we're going to talk to Vincent. And again, if you can remember, shoot me your favorite vendors at all at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Talk to you soon. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. And again, I'm your host, Paul George, and I am with Vincent Coleman from uh, the Government Affairs Director with uh, Columbus Realtors. And we've had a lot of good, interesting conversation. And again, just to remind you, if you missed any of it, you can go back and listen to this as a podcast and go through some of the sections here. Uh, in the, my last segment, I always like to give a real quick tip of the week, and uh, it's either to homeowners or home buyers or 
something to that effect. And this week, uh, this came from a client uh, who gave me a call. They were asking me uh, questions that this comes up a lot, not necessarily this one's particular, but people will ask me my opinion on, hey, if, what will happen if I put a generator, a whole house generator? Is that going to add any value to the house? And my pat answer is always, it depends. Um, I always like to look at what your motivation is. Dollar for dollar, it's really hard to answer something like that. I can give you statistics on, you know, if you paint your house, if you put new flooring in, if you renovate a kitchen, those are, you can kind of give ideas. But again, I think that's specific to the area that you're in. But ask me and I will certainly give you an opinion on that. So if you have questions like that, don't be afraid to ask. So I wanted to get back to Vincent. Uh, you know, we, I had mentioned before a little bit about what are some of the things that we have actually accomplished or what we're working on and things. And people may not understand this term, but I'm going to ask you to explain this and maybe what we are doing about it, if anything. Uh, and I call it wholesaling. And maybe you can give me a definition of what wholesaling means in the real estate industry. Sure. What's going on? The, the practice of wholesaling is the buying and selling of, of contracts. Um, and uh, we've been excuse me been engaged uh, on the local level through Columbus City Council, um, and also through the state house. Um, you know, when done effectively, um, wholesaling can be beneficial. Uh, but oftentimes, it's a predatory in nature, targeting our, our aging population, younger folks, um, and ultimately, uh, the uh, fiduciary duty of a wholesaler is to themselves rather than the than the client themselves. Um, and so what we would like to do is rein that in, um, hold these folks accountable because uh, what they're making in profit, the uh, client is losing in equity. Uh, and so uh, the state house, we have a bill uh, that's calling for um, uh, licensing and a disclosure to the client. Hey, before you, you know, sell this, go and contract with this wholesaling aid to be aware that they are in it to make a profit um, and, uh, you know, advise you to work with a licensed real estate professional or a lawyer, uh, whomever. Uh, but it, that disclosure piece to it, ensure that there's, there's transparency. Not to interrupt you too much because I want you to follow up with this, but I want to make sure people understand that wholesalers are, as of right now, they're not regulated. Anybody can go up and do something, yep. whereas a, a realtor, designated realtor, we have to go by a code of ethics. There's yep. certain things. We have to tell you the value of the house. Exactly. We have to be true with it. A wholesaler doesn't. And a scenario that, you know, you'd mentioned elderly, if somebody's been living in their house for 50 years and somebody comes up and says, hey, I will give you $100,000 in cash for your house, a elderly person may not have any idea what that house is worth. Right. And take it from there what a wholesaler does if they said, yeah, that sounds good to me. What does a wholesaler do then? They don't just give them the 100000 in cash right then, do they? How does they that can. Work? I mean, okay. uh, as a... Agent, I can come up to you, Paul. Hey, I've got a hundred thousand either through various LLCs, and that's ultimately uh, what we're trying to write in on. Because um, you know, let's say Paul George LLC goes to contract with Vincent as the seller. That's between you, me, and 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 the LLC. But oftentimes, these folks have multiple LLCs, and it, it's hard to track. Mm -hmm. um, and so, when we add some account accountability, uh, as you mentioned, as a licensed real estate professional, you operate under a code of ethics, professionalism. Uh, so uh, to require that on the wholesaling agent side is, is incredibly important. Um, and, and you talk about consumer protections and protect, protecting the consumer. Um, that's exactly what we're trying to aim to do in, uh, here in Columbus and on the state level. Because as of right now, there isn't any. There are none. And, no. and that's it's very hard to track these folks. I've heard a few horror stories. I don't want to say horror stories, but when I see – people basically selling me contracts mm -hmm. and I've had people approach me saying that they don't own this house, but how can they sell it? And what they're doing is selling the, the contract. contract. Is exactly. that what the wholesaling is? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I want to help people understand that you may not see it because it doesn't happen in the, the Westervilles, the Worthingtons. This happens in people that are probably most vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the things that we work on. It's kind of like you said, the behind the scenes kind of things. That eventually it's going to be, there's got to be a license for it. You got to have some sort of licensing yep. and that type of thing. So hopefully that'll get done. And it sounds like we've got the momentum to get that done. Uh, on the local side, yeah. uh, the state side is a little difficult, oh, okay. uh, as you can imagine. Yep. Um, the legislature, uh, every four years or so, um, 
uh, reviews all license all licensing in Ohio. Yep. Uh, and there are a uh, they view licensing um, as a barrier to entry, and that's, that's on the Republican side, the Democrat side. Um, so it really is a bipartisan effort. Uh, for instance, um, our real estate profession is up for um, the licensing. Licensing, yeah. yeah. And so here in Ohio, it's 120 of um, licensing uh, education. The legislature wanted to bring that down to 30. 30 hours. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, so uh, Andrew Huffman and his team are uh, working behind the scenes to uh, protect. Uh, and if there is an effort to reduce the, the requirement in licensing, hopefully it's not by almost 80 hours. <laughs> well, I hope so, too. And being somebody that's been experienced in working with experienced people, it makes a difference, uh, especially when it comes to negotiations. I mentioned the multiple offer situation of the one that's going for more if we had somebody that had 30 hours of licensing as compared to somebody who's got 120 hours plus mm-hmm. whatever year's experience, uh, I know who I want to work with. And I know if I was on the buying side, I know uh, who I'd want to have represent me. Yeah. So it's important to, that we are in touch with those kind of things. Um, Vincent, I don't know. I don't know if you want people to contact you or not, but I always, at the end of the show, I want people to say, how do they get a hold of you or if they have any questions from you, what's the best way to reach you and maybe say that, hey, have you guys ever looked into this? Yeah. Um, email Vincent at Columbus Realtors dot com. It is. is (laughs) I can remember that. Um, I'm making a plug. If anyone is interested, I send out weekly government affairs updates, uh, what's happening on the local, national and state side. Um, so that they, you know, feel free to shoot me an email subject line three for Thursday government affairs updates. Happy to put you on that list. And that's not just for realtors; it's for the public and within the right? membership. Okay, I appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next week. This has been the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host Paul George, sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Paul George Real Estate Show. And follow Paul online at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.